This podcast contains discussion about adult topics. Use your judgment if there are little ears around. Welcome to Doing It. This is a podcast made by Family Planning Victoria. FPV has been running for over 50 years now. We run a whole lot of education programs for communities and medical professionals across Victoria. We also run sexual health clinics in the city and Box Hill in Melbourne. My name is Anne and I'm part of the FPV schools and community team. We go to schools and run classes for all year levels on bodies, growing up, puberty, sex, reproduction and relationships. This podcast is for parents and carers of school-aged children so we can share what goes on in a relationships and sexuality education class and help support these sorts of conversations at home. Today I'll be asking FPV Dr Sarah Whitburn and pharmacist David from Woodhouse Grove Pharmacy about emergency contraception. You can listen to our previous episode all about different types of contraception. We get asked to cover contraception in secondary schools frequently. We want young people to make informed choices about their sexual health and be safe in their bodies, hearts and minds. For students, we would explain contraception as anything a person does to prevent a sperm and egg joining, so a pregnancy can't start. Many types of contraception are things that women do to their bodies before penis and vagina sex so that the sperm and egg can't meet. Emergency contraception is a bit different. It can be used after penis and vagina sex happens. It's not to be used as someone's main form of contraception. Some people might know it as the morning after pill or in America they use the term plan B. I'm going to talk to Sarah about how to get emergency contraception and how it works. I'm also going to talk to pharmacist David about how to ask for emergency contraception. Young women are very keen to get this information as it's something they could access on their own if they need to. It's also great for any person of any gender to get this information. Emergency contraception is for women to take, but the potential impact of unprotected sex affects both partners. We understand that some people who identify as same-sex attracted will need to manage an unintended pregnancy. Information about contraception is for everyone to know about, regardless of their sexual identity. So, Sarah, thank you so much for talking to me about emergency contraception. Thank you for having me. Uh, What circumstance would a person want to use emergency contraception? So someone might want to have emergency contraception if a person has had unprotected penis in vaginal intercourse. And unprotected can mean that there was no contraception used at all. Or if there's been a problem with a contraceptive method that you might use, for example, uh, a condom might have split or slipped off or not been used in time. Or if someone was late um, or missed using their regular oral contraceptive pill. And where does someone get it? Um, So... You can get, there's three types of emergency contraception and two are oral medication. One's called the levonorgestrel pill and the other one's called the ulipristal pill and both of those are available over the counter at pharmacies. There's also a third type which is a copper interuterine device or what we often use um, shorthand IUD and that is only available if you see a doctor because it requires an appointment to discuss but also requires a procedure to put the IUD in. So a person could come and ask you for the oral 
emergency contraception, but they actually don't need the prescription for it. They certainly can. Um, So if you're not sure or you want to talk to a doctor about it and want to talk about the different options, yes, you definitely can come and see a doctor. But what's good is that if you do want to take the emergency contraceptive pill, you're you're sure that's what you want to do, you can access it over the counter um, by seeing a pharmacist. If someone took emergency contraception and they were a young person, they were at school, would they need time off school to recover or anything like that? In most cases, if you're taking the oral emergency contraception, no, it's usually very well tolerated. There is a small group of people who might feel nauseous or sick in the stomach and and may vomit um, and they may want to have some time off. If you use the copper IUD, obviously you'd need time off to see the doctor and you often need to have a day uh, to rest after the procedure. Is uh, copper IUD, is that mainly used in older women? Do young people go and access copper IUDs much? There's, there's no reason that a young person couldn't have a copper IUD. Obviously, there's the barrier of having to come to see the doctor, needing to then have another appointment. What's good about the copper IUD is that you can use it up to five days after unprotected sexual intercourse. The pill you can use to four to five days depending on the pill. So, you know, that's still an option. Mm. But it is also ongoing contraception. So um, once it's inserted, it can then be used ongoing and they they can be used for five to ten years. However, it is something that is a little bit harder to access. Yep. Uh, so if someone came to see a doctor and asked about emergency contraception, what would happen at the appointment? So first what I would do is explain confidentiality and so I always explain to uh, people coming to see me that everything they say to me is confidential except in some very specific cases and that's if somebody tells me that they're at risk of hurting or harming themselves. So I'm really talking about suicidal thoughts uh, or suicidal plans. Uh, If they tell me that they're at risk of harming someone else or if they tell me that somebody is harming them as is defined by the law in their state. I would always remind people if we started talking about those areas that I really want to support them and therefore I would want to work with them at first. And so I may not even have to break confidentiality because we're working together. But if they say to me, don't tell anyone, then I need to say, you remember those three very specific times, I actually need to break confidentiality for your safety I would always do it in front of that person. I'd be wanting to involve them as much as possible, but they're the only times that I'd have to break confidentiality. Once we discuss that and and we sort of outline those baselines, obviously talking about um, sexual intercourse or contraception, if that fits within those confidentiality cases, then I'm going to keep that very confidential. But my next thing is I do need to make sure that the person understands what I'm talking about and whether they can understand what the treatment is for or what the medical condition is. So I need to make sure that they're able to understand the discussion. And that's where I'm assessing is someone a mature minor. And what I mean by that is if you're under 18, I want to be able to discuss with you why you've come to see me what are your options, what are the good things about the options, what are the risky things about the option and what the option means for that person. And if you can understand that and we can have a discussion where I feel that you've given consent um, and you're able to weigh up those pros and cons, then I can assess that that person is a mature minor and then we can talk about um, treatments and prescriptions and, and procedures. 
once I've assessed that someone's a mature minor, then I'm actually going to talk about their needs for the emergency contraception. So the first thing I would do is I would take a history, including a sexual history. Uh, this is so I can ask about that person's risk for pregnancy if they if they can get pregnant. But I'm going to be asking everyone who's had unprotected sexual intercourse, and that's all types of um, unprotected sexual intercourse, so penis in vagina, anal or oral, I'm going to talk about whether they're at risk for sexually transmitted infections um, because the contra- emergency contraception doesn't actually protect against uh, sexually transmitted infections, so we may need to do screening and treating for that as well. And if a young person went to a doctor to talk about contraception or emergency contraception, uh, would their parents find out? So if someone is a mature minor um, and it's not a case where I have to break confidentiality and they don't want their parents involved, then no, this is something I'm going to keep confidential. Um, I sometimes have people who would like their parents to be involved. That's their choice and I will always work with them and, and I think that that's okay if the person in front of me wants parents or, or someone to be involved but up until then, if they've asked me to keep things confidential, they don't want parents involved, then I do respect that as long as it's safe. And how does emergency contraception work in someone's body? So it depends on which emergency contraception. If you're taking the oral emergency contraception, the two pills, then it can often delay or prevent ovulation. Ovulation is when once a month our ovaries, which is the organs that make our eggs, will produce that egg and then they travel into the womb and if a sperm and an egg gets together then you become pregnant so the pills actually stop or delay the egg coming and hopefully it won't come in contact with any sperm that's occurred because of unprotected penis in vagina sex the copper IUD what it does is it actually stops what's called implantation which is if an egg and a sperm got together then they'd want to implant in the lining of the womb and then continue into a pregnancy but the copper IUD makes the lining of the womb not a great place for that and so the egg and sperm won't implant together and then you it lets it just go and the pregnancy doesn't doesn't occur okay uh you mentioned it works within four to five days is it better if it's taken sooner so obviously we'd like people to take emergency contraception as close as they can to the time of the unprotected penis in vagina intercourse. However, it, it can be used for the pills depending on which pill and it's worth talking to either the doctor or the pharmacist about which pill you're taking but it can be up to four to five days depending on the pill. The copper IUD can be used for up to five days after the episode. Mm-hmm. And how is a person likely to feel if they either take the medicine or do the copper IUD? So the oral emergency contraception is very well tolerated. Um, it usually doesn't have any side effects, but there are some people who may feel, as I said, nauseous. They may even vomit. And if they do vomit and it's been less than three hours since they've taken the pill, then they may need another dose. But that's not common um, mm. it's only for some people what can also occur is it is a hormonal both of them are hormonal contra- uh, emergency contraception so you can get hormonal side effects that might be a headache sore breasts bloating but that will go away the other thing to be aware of is it can change someone's bleeding pattern so it can actually mean that the next period is earlier 
uh, might be later, um, might be the same, but it can can be a change. It can also be lighter or heavier. So um, if someone's concerned about their period, they want to make sure that the emergency contraceptions have worked. They may require a pregnancy test or they may want to come and talk to the doctor. But it's worth knowing that your bleeding pattern can change for that time. And how often can a person take emergency contraception? There's no limit to taking the emergency contraception. Um, You can take it as many times as you need it. It is worth noting that with the emergency contraception that that pill, if you choose to take the pill, will only work if for that episode. So if you have another episode of unprotected penis and vagina sex, you would need to then have another dose of emergency contraception. So there's no reason you can't take as many as you need we would obviously recommend that if you are having to take more than one emergency contraceptive that we would really encourage you to come and talk to a health practitioner about ongoing contraception um, because it really is for an emergency Um, and so we'd probably like to talk to you about um, having something else that suits your needs and that's where the copper IUD is quite useful because it can protect you from that one episode and then you've actually got ongoing contraception and Mm. you're not being unprotected once that's in of course as i've said it does require a device and though the oral emergency contraception doesn't have a lot of side effects the copper iud um, there can be some discomfort from inserting it Um, we often talk about pain relief and, and trying to manage that and also there can be an increase in bleeding and sometimes an increase in cramping if you have the copper iud so if somebody has very heavy periods perhaps it's not the right choice Sometimes we'll put it in for emergency, use it for that time and then talk about whether people want to continue it for long term, depending on how they get on with it. Does emergency contraception have an effect on fertility into the future? No, emergency contraception um, doesn't have any effect on fertility. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, David, for talking to me. My first question, do you always have emergency contraception available in your pharmacy? Uh, Yeah, we always have emergency contraception um, available in in my pharmacy. Um, Most pharmacies will have it available as it is an emergency thing. And obviously, the earlier you get onto it, the more effective it is. um, And if they don't have it in stock, you can always ask them where the closest pharmacy is, where they can get it from. And what's required if you go in to purchase the medication? Do you need a Medicare card or a healthcare card or anything like that? Uh, No, you don't need either of those. The patient has to present themselves into the store as there's quite specific questions which we need to ask them. Um, And then we'll give them a checklist and then they have to make a payment. That's about it. So So they just need money. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. So yeah, you don't even have to provide your ID of any sort, but it depends on the pharmacy. Some pharmacies will ask you for IDs just for their own records, just to right. cover themselves, but it's not. But that doesn't go on their Medicare card record no, or their My Health. No. And how much does it cost to buy? It de- really depends on the brands, and um, there's two different ones available, two different types available at the moment. One type will vary between 15 and $25, and the other type is about $30-odd to $40, depending on where you get it from. Generally, yeah, it's, it's fairly cheap. And does someone have to ask at the front counter? Like you go into a chemist and the pharmacist is often up the back. Do you have to go yeah. up the back to ask? 
you're best to go and ask for the pharmacist as it is a pharmacist only medication and you're eventually going to have to speak to the pharmacist anyway but if you do ask one of the front of shop staff they'll direct you to the pharmacist and in the meantime they might give you a checklist to fill out um, while you're waiting to speak to the pharmacist. And is there any sort of privacy? Often there's not in a pharmacy environment. Do you offer anything like that yeah. for privacy? So there are, um, most pharmacies will have a designated consulting area um, for private matters because a lot of things we're dealing with is fairly private. So there's there's either a designated like bench which you can consult at or there's also consulting rooms which most pharmacies have these days because we do other things like flu injections and stuff when we need to. Yeah. Okay. And can someone purchase emergency contraception on another person's behalf? Like if a partner or a parent came in? Yeah, generally not. Um, we would generally require the, the patient themselves to come in just because we, the questions which we need to get answers for uh, are very specific to their menstrual cycle, for instance. Um, so it's, uh, it's better if they come in and, I myself haven't sold it to anyone else bar the patient themselves, but that's my personal thing. So, but I can't speak for other pharmacists, but generally it is if that patient comes in themselves. And what sort of questions, apart from the questions about menstruation, what sort of questions are on that checklist? I've got the checklist in front of me actually, so I'll yeah, I can run through the questions with you. Um, so the, it does ask for your name and age. The name part, you can provide your name if you want, but if you don't want to, that's fine too. So the first question is, what is your normal form of contraception? And then ask things like, um, what is the reason you need the con emergency contraception? How many hours? And that's related to how many hours since you've had unprotected sex. Um, and that's related to earlier you get onto it, the more effective it is. It asks things about your menstrual cycle. Could you be pregnant? Do you know about ectopic pregnancies? Are you breastfeeding? And then it also asks you about any health conditions you have and any medications you're taking. Um, so we'll generally give them this checklist and after they've filled it out, we'll run through it with them, just clarify some of the answers. Mm -hmm. and, then, um, and then we'll counsel them on how to take it and when to take it and yeah. what to look out for. And the doctor mentioned assessing for the person being a mature minor. Are you sort of assessing those similar things when a person yeah. ends? Yeah. So essentially the checklist will run through things like that just so that we can determine whether they're, they're making this, this decision correctly and whether it's going to be safe and appropriate for them. And would there be any circumstance where it would be recommended that they see a doctor instead of getting the over-the-counter prescription? Over the counter um, yeah, definitely. Um, so if there's certain health conditions which are going to be contraindicated with um, taking the emergency contraception, then we'll refer them to a doctor if it's past the, t the effective time period. Mm. Um, and sometimes they're getting it too regularly, so we right. will refer them because there's better things to be on than if they're getting this every two weeks or something. Uh, and obviously, okay. if there's a sexual assault involved, then we will refer them on to, to other authorities, not just to the GP. So. Yep. And do you think there's any stigma or embarrassment in asking for emergency contraception? And how do you manage that in the store? Um, from a health professional's point of view, there's no stigma because we, we're not there to judge you. So you're, you're just coming in for a service which we provide. Mm. <laughs> However, um, some girls do feel embarrassed when they come to get the emergency contraceptive. 
and we understand that it's a sensitive issue and um, but their privacy is held in the highest regard and if they do feel uncomfortable coming in by themselves they're more than welcome to bring someone else with them it's got to be someone who they're comfortable sharing their private information with so whether it's a friend their partner or their guardian but i'd probably say just bring one person because the more people you have there the more opinions it may confuse you so awesome thank you that's that's it from me thanks so much for answering all those questions oh you're welcome thanks to sarah and david for talking about emergency contraception Here's a few things that really stood out to me in this discussion. Emergency contraception is really cheap, as little as $15. Different types of contraception can be effective for up to four or five days after penis and vagina sex. A young person can access emergency contraception on their own if they're assessed by a doctor or a chemist as a mature minor. Pharmacists may have different practices around emergency contraception. For example, David prefers the client to ask for the medication in-store themselves. However, the Pharmacists Guild supports third-party provision. We have information on the Family Planning Victoria website about contraception, including emergency contraception. 1-800-MY-OPTIONS is a Victorian service which compiles information about sexual health choices and service providers. The Royal Women's Hospital has information about how to ask a pharmacist for emergency contraception. I'm going to recommend again the Museum of Contraception and Abortion located in Vienna. The website provides some historical context to the things women have tried over the centuries to prevent or end a pregnancy. Thanks so much for listening. For more information about Family Planning Victoria, go to fpv.org.au. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Contact me directly at doingit at fpv.org.au. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. Like it if you like it. Thanks so much for listening.